الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد the best generation is the generation of the Sahaba. And there's no doubt about that. The best generation of people, or the best group of people, are the group of Sahaba. And if you look at the Sahaba, there's many things that made them great. They were great because they were all masters of Qur'an. And they were great because they were all masters of the hadith of the Prophet They were great because they were all uh, very close in their relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were great because they sacrificed beyond what most human beings are able to sacrifice. So they were great for a variety of reasons. But the one reason that somehow stuck with the Sahaba that has titled the Sahaba was the characteristic of their Suhbah. Was the characteristic of their Suhbah. Suhbah literally means to be in the company of someone or something. That's what Suhbah is. And the Sahaba were so... This action or this attribute of the Sahaba was so beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that from now until the end of time the best generation of people are to be remembered because of their suhbah of the Prophet Now how could a sahabi at the time of the Prophet or how could a person at the time of the Prophet become sahaba? There's a little bit of debate amongst the ulama like what actually constitutes, uh, constitutes a, sahaba, a sahabi but by and large the scholars are in agreement upon one thing and that is that that person, whilst in a state of iman, of course, had to have come into the physical presence of the Prophet Had to have come into the physical presence of the Prophet Interaction wasn't required. It isn't that a person had to come and verbalize something to the Messenger It wasn't that a person had to come and listen to the words of the Prophet it was that that person had to be in the mere presence of the Prophet whilst in a state of Iman. And if that was to occur, they now were considered, according to the ulama, a Sahabi. And they are now to be considered amongst the greatest generation of people that ever walked on the face of this earth. It was their coming in the presence of the Prophet, not his speech not listening to him, not even necessarily seeing him, although some ulama take that opinion. Uh, but for instance, a companion that was blind, we know Abdullah ibn Maktoum, ibn Umm Maktoum, he wasn't able to see, he wasn't able to see the Prophet because he was blind, yet he is considered a Sahabi because he was able to come into the company of the Prophet So that attribute was so beloved to Allah that that is what stuck. Now, were there other ways to interact with the Prophet during that time other than by coming in his physical presence? Absolutely. You could write a letter to the Prophet the Prophet could then receive that letter, and if he chose, he could have written a letter back. 
But a person who was there in the state of Iman, at the time the Prophet were alive, he would not be able to become a Sahabi through this interaction. A person could send their messenger, right? They could have someone, uh, you know, carry a message to the Prophet and say, you know, my name is so-and-so and I live here. Can you please make dua for me? And that messenger could then take that to the Prophet The Prophet could then make dua for that person and then that message could be sent back to that person. That interaction could occur. But a Muslim, even at that time, would not be considered a Sahabi unless they came in the physical presence of the Prophet That's quite remarkable. You could have been a Muslim at the time of the Prophet and not have been considered a Sahabi. Right? And we know the famous uh, Tabi'i, Awais uh, al-Qarni, he was alive at the time of the Prophet but due to factors that we won't be able to go over today, he wasn't able to come in the physical company of the Prophet and he's not considered a Sahabi. As great of an individual this person is, and we know this through other narrations, how special of a person he is. And even the Prophet actually had told you know, Umar uh, and I think Ali later to actually go to this person. After the Prophet passed away, they actually went to Uwais al-Qarni. He still isn't given the status of the Prophet even though the Prophet was actually referencing him during his time. Meaning, because he hadn't come into the suhbah of the Prophet he is not to be considered a Sahabi. Now, we talked about the many accolades that the Sahaba had. They were fuqaha, they were mufassirin, they were etc. They were y, X, Y, and Z. They were so many things. There were some Sahaba who had accepted Islam and came into the company of the Prophet for just a few moments. And then, within a matter of a few hours, they passed away. And they were considered from the generation of the Sahaba, the greatest people that ever walked, the people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with. All of this, this, this status they achieved, or they could achieve, is simply through spending time, even just a moment, in the company of the Prophet. They had his Sahaba. Now, what this highlights to us is that when the heart of the believer came into the presence of the heart of Rasulullah their status changed instantaneously. Something significant occurred when the heart of a person came into the heart of the Prophet, into the company or into the presence of the heart of the Prophet Which then means for us, that company or companionship or suhbah, face-to-face suhbah, face-to-face interaction is indispensable in our deen. Face-to-face interaction or coming in the company of another person, that is indispensable in our deen. Now, over time, through just the way technology has uh, has changed our lives, suhbah has become by and large more and more dispensable. Right? Now a person could literally stay in their home all day and be fully functional through the use of technology without having to interact with a single human being face to face. All of it could be done through technology. A person can order groceries with technology. A person can purchase stocks through technology. A person could become a millionaire or a billionaire through technology. With, a person could run their own company with technology. A person could, um, could, could, could communicate with family that lives elsewhere through technology without ever having to come into the physical presence of another human being's heart. A person could become fully, at least from a dunyawi standpoint, fully functional. And that's quite remarkable.
But the heart cannot grow in this way. The heart requires suhbah. A person's deen requires suhbah. It requires company. It, it, you can't be fully functional or fully successful in your deen unless you've understood this principle. You could conquer the world. You could conquer your bank account. You, know, you could conquer your, you know, you could conquer uh, your, uh, your other dunya we needs or your other dunya we desires without ever having to come or bring your heart into the company of the hearts of other people. But from a dini standpoint, the heart requires the presence of others in order for it to be able to grow. And again, the proof of this always goes back to the sahaba. The fact that they're called a sahaba is because their heart came in the presence of the heart of the Prophet and now they became a sahabi. If it, if it were mere interaction that were required, then a person could write a letter to the Prophet and become a sahabi, but they're not considered a sahabi. A person could send a message through someone else and become a sahabi, being Muslim at the time of the Prophet but that's not the case. The requirement was that they, their heart had to be in the presence of the Prophet which just shows us how important this idea and this concept of suhbah is in our deen. And no matter how dispensable the rest of the world wants to make this, or even the rest of the ummah wants to make this, it's indispensable for the heart of the believer. To be able to grow in your deen without maintaining suhbah, of, and when we'll, when we'll talk about suhbah of whom and what in a, in a minute, but that's indispensable. You can't become a wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from remote interaction. Not with the awliya of Allah. It requires company and suhbah. So what, is, what, what, what are the different levels of suhbah that a believer is required to have? One is the suhbah of just believers in general. At a general level. right? No matter how connected we may seem to be. We could have you know, hundreds of thousands of followers that follow us remotely. Or hundreds of thousands of people that we follow. right? Even Muslims for that matter. Or we could, ha you know, we, could, we could watch hours and hours and hours of YouTube videos of some, some person or some, some, some special person. It's not going to allow us to grow in our deen. The heart cannot grow. It has to be in the presence of people. So, number one is the simple suhbah of, the, of believers in general. And that's important, right? Even this is so special to Allah. There's no Prophet ﷺ alive today. There's no sahaba that we can have their suhbah today. But the general suhbah of believers is also very important, right? This is so beloved to Allah. The Prophet ﷺ said that when, when two believers shake their hands, shake their hands with each other, then their sins, begin, their sins fall off like leaves fall from a tree. Now, think about that for a minute, right? Shaking hands with another believer, just shaking hands, that requires physical face-to-face -face communication. And that's so beloved to Allah that sins fall off, like sins fall from, from, from like they fall from a tree. Now you can't shake another person's hand behind behind a behind a virtual wall. That's face-to-face -face interaction. That's face-to-face -face interaction. And in, in today's day and age, that's very limited. Now you can't even have a conversation with people. But this reward is attributed simply to shaking the hand of another believer. Meaning the suhbah of another believer is so beloved to Allah that your skin that your sins fall off. Right? Like, like, like leaves fall from a tree. So you can imagine the suhbah of believers when you're, for instance, talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And what effect that must have on the heart. Right? So, so, so we should think about this. Right? The, how, many, how many interactions do we have with people over the course of the day? You know, now with, with, with just the way technology is, we probably, a lot of us probably interact with in some way, shape or form, you know, over 500 or over 1,000 people in a day. Some way, shape, or form. Either we're watching them or they're watching us. Or we're following them or they're following us. Or we're texting them or they're texting us. Right? Or in some way, shape, or form. 
But, how, but where are the sins falling off through that interaction? Right? So think about it. With all these interactions that I have, how many of these are actually meaningful interactions that are allowing my heart to grow? Very few. Very few interactions are like that. The, 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 one, the, the interacting with one Muslim and shaking the hand of one Muslim for just a few moments over the course of the day is probably more fruitful or more bene- and more beneficial than all of these virtual interactions we have with, with Muslims over the course, or the hundreds of Muslims that we have over the course of a day. So, at, at least, at the bare minimum, that we keep suhbah of one another. You keep suhbah of one another. The, the next, there, then there's a suhbah of the people of knowledge. Then there's a suhbah of pe- keeping the company of people of knowledge. You know, we, th- we tend to think that the benefit of spending time, the, sorry, the benefit of, 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 of the people of knowledge is the knowledge that they possess, right? And so that's why I think that if I can sit on YouTube for six hours and learn something, then I'm now gaining something very special because this person's a master. But that's not how it works. What comes from the heart of the person of knowledge is far more beneficial than the knowledge they're actually sharing with you because they're imp- imprinting something on your heart as well. You know, they could tell you, and you've probably heard a hundred times, they could tell you, you know, that it's a sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ to eat with your right hand. And they could tell you that, and you can watch this a hundred times over. But unless that gets imprinted upon your heart, you're not going to actually change. This is why when you sit in gatherings of knowledge, you are more likely to actually take in that knowledge and implement it, versus if you were to virtually try to acquire knowledge. There's no substitute to this. There's no substitute to sitting in the, at the feet of a scholar and actually learning. There's no substitute, no matter how virtual we may be. Now, I'm not saying that we don't take advantage of opportunities, but when we have that opportunity, it supersedes any other opportunity. Sitting at the feet of a scholar and learning is far more beneficial than remotely trying to learn. Because there's way more transferring, that, there's more, uh, the transference is far beyond the ilm that they're actually sharing. In fact, you know, you could look at it another way. If you were to hear about a scholar, teach you all these things about deen, and you were to not implement these things, then on the day of judgment, that knowledge will be used against you. You knew that it was sunnah to do this, and you didn't implement the sunnah. You knew that, it, that salah should be performed this way, because you watched it, and you saw it, but you didn't actually implement it. So implementation of knowledge is, is important. And the best way to implement the knowledge you acquire is through sitting in the company of the ulama. And there's no... That you can't dis- that, that's not dispensable. That's not dispensable no matter how virtual we've become. Then you have the suhbah of the people of piety and the people of taqwa and the people of righteousness. You can't replace this. A person, a heart, the heart, there's no substitute for the heart. Uh, there's no substitute for the heart. There's no substitute. We think that now we can remotely interact with our mashayikh and that we can remotely communicate with the people of piety and get, get some sort of benefit. It's not possible. It's very limited. You know, it used to be that if there was a, a sheikh coming into town, right, that people would come from all over the country and people would come from all over the city. Why? To come and sit for those few moments, even if it was silence in the company of the people of piety, recognizing that their heart would benefit from the company of that person's heart and their heart would receive the tawajjah of the, of the heart of that teacher. But now what happens, right? Now it's like so-and-so is coming or so-and-so is available. What? But you know what? I could just listen to what they have to say. I'll listen to the recording afterward. Or you know, I've seen their videos on YouTube. That'll, that'll, that'll be sufficient for me. We've completely misunderstood this. right? And again, always reference back 
to the Sahaba. Why were the Sahaba the Sahaba? Because they physically came in the presence of the Prophet So for me to, to have high aims and high goals, like I want to become a wali of Allah, I can't become it virtually, I have to become it through my heart coming in the company of the hearts of the awliya of Allah. That's how it happens. You know, and, you know, and think about it, of all the interactions that we have with our mashayikh and all the interactions we have with people of piety, how many of these are face to face? Right? How, many, how much sacrifice do we make so that we can be face to face with these people? And when I say face to face, really what I'm saying is heart to heart. Because what you get from their heart, you can't get anywhere else. You can't get it through an email. You can't get it through a text message. You can't get it through you know, a phone call. Like, yeah, there's, there's a degree of spiritual benefit that comes from this interaction. But by and large, the benef real benefit comes from physically interacting and meeting with these people. You know, time and time again, in my own life, I've seen this, that, you know, just a few moments in the company of, of my sheikh. I mean, it's, 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 you can't compare that time. You know, and there's times where I've thought, you know, maybe I'll, I have to seek counsel on something. And I've thought, you know what, let me, maybe I can make a phone call. Maybe I can send an email. And then I, I'll say, you know what, I'm just going to go do this in person. And the barakah that comes from, from inquiries that are in person, it doesn't even compare to the barakah from inquiries that are remote, be it a phone call or be it a text message or be it through some other means, right? There's, there's no comparison. And in fact, my sheikh would always say, you know, sometimes I would wanna, want to seek, a, seek an opinion on something. And I would say, you know, I'm really sorry. I, I probably could have just emailed you this or I probably could have, you know, called you. And he would always say, there's barakah in meeting. There's barakah in meeting. There's barakah in coming and, and talking about this face to face. Despite how busy, you know, the, the mashayikh and the ulama may be, they'll appreciate that there's barakah in the hearts coming together. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends this very special mercy. Now, certainly the hearts of believers in general, but the, but the hearts of the mashayikh even more so. So, indispensable. Indispensable. Now, and then the final, and then the, the, the high, and then the, the last degree of suhbah, or not the last degree, another degree of suhbah, is the suhbah of uh, people that are less fortunate than us. And sometimes we underappreciate this. People that are poor, people that, are, that don't have as much, right? The pe people that we support. We, you know, our support goes beyond their suhbah. We think that, you know, there's poor people that are in this country or there's poor people that are in this city and I'm going to send every month, I'm going to send something through my bank account and it's going to automatically become deducted. And you never actually face-to-face -face interact with people that are less fortunate than you, right? And, and that, that's actually very important to have. It, you have to have some interaction at some frequency with people that are less fortunate because you begin to appreciate what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. And that doesn't occur through some automatic deduction from your bank account or so through some credit card payment or through dropping money into a donation box when you come to the masjid. You don't actually interact with the recipient of that. And unless you interact with them and you actually experience their sahbah, I mean, it's very difficult to appreciate. You know, so, so the, uh, you know, the, the, the fuqara, the ghuraba, the people that are less fortunate, we really should have some interaction with them. You don't have to talk to them. You just have to be with them. You just have to be and spend some time with them. You don't have to help them. You don't have to give them money and have some ihsan upon them. Just be in their company and you will feel a difference. Your perspective changes. Your heart changes. There's benefit in, even in that. And then the final degree of suhbah, which is, which is you know, maybe the most important, is the suhbah of righteous gatherings. is bringing your heart into gatherings of righteousness where Allah is remembered. Indispensable. Indispensable. The, the heart grows, the heart can grow 
when it's brought into the company of other hearts that are trying to grow, there's this affinity that develops. It doesn't happen remotely, right? Like gatherings where Allah subhanahu, like these gatherings where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is remembered and the hearts are coming together, right? There's, our physical being is here right, right now. But there's, there's limited, uh, the, the physical, there's, there's just a limit there. The real benefit is the fact that our hearts have collected in one place for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's remembrance and now the heart can actually grow. And you can't replace your physical presence through some alternative means. People say, think that, you know what, I can, I'll just listen to the recording after. You know, I don't need to attend a gathering. There's no substitute to suhbah. And until the Day of Judgment, there will not be a substitute to suhbah. Even if there comes a time that, you know, 200 years from now, where human beings don't interact with one another at all. Right, where there's just all barriers and, you know, and holograms and there's, you know, false, inter there's fake interaction and it's all virtual. Fine, the human being can become functional. You can become, you can make a lot of money and you can, uh, you know, maintain, you know, maybe even relationships, etc. But the heart, there's no substitute for the growth of the heart. The function of the heart or the functional ability of the heart, there's no substitute except for a suhbah. If there were a substitute, then the sahaba would not be called a sahaba. If there were a substitute, the Sahaba would not be called the Sahaba. And the Tabi'een would not be called the Tabi'een. And the Tabi'a Tabi'een would not be called the Tabi'a Tabi'een. These people are special and chosen. These people are special and chosen because their heart came in the company of the heart of someone else that was maybe more pious than them. And it's very important for us to remember. So we should think about this, right? Like if I feel that I'm relatively stagnant in my deen, then think, well, where, who, has my heart come in the company of these places? Have I brought, have, am I consistent in bringing my heart in the company of the mashayikh and the ulama? Am I consistent in bringing my heart in the company of those that are less fortunate than me? Am I consistent in bringing my heart into the gatherings of righteousness? Or am I sitting behind a computer or sitting behind my phone expecting to get that same degree of benefit? Right? If that, yeah, you're going you're gonna to be stagnant. Your ibadah is not going to become deeper. You're not going to grow. You're not going to become more consistent in your dhikr. You're not going to become more consistent in your salah. These things are not going to happen. You're not going to see an effectual change within your family and the people that you interact with. Suhbah is required. Suhbah is required. This is why the mashayikh of the past would say that you, would benef you can benefit far more from my silence than you would from my speech. Right? If the, you know, if, if the mashayikh were to come and you were to sit in their company and they weren't to say a word for 30 minutes or an hour, you would benefit more from that than you would from their speech. Why? Because it's the coming together of the hearts that actually is where benefit is. It's the coming together of the hearts. You know, and, and, and maybe this is something we could talk about in the future. We've become so fixated and so focused on what words the person is uttering and what words are coming into my ear so that I can become a better Muslim that we've completely forgotten or we've completely, or we've never been, we've never appreciated the reality of the heart actually becoming, coming in the company of that person. Sahaba benefited from the silence of the Prophet ﷺ. They benefited from the, from the silence, from the presence of his heart, in spite of the silence of his tongue. For us, we benefit from the hearts of the believers, in spite of the silence of the believers that we interact with. In spite of the silence of the believers that we interact with. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to appreciate the benefits of suhbah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us opportunities uh, similar to the opportunities the Sahaba had when it came to the companionship of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, may Allah subhanahu wa taala make us from amongst those that are with the righteous. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.